Live, your weekly FTC talk show. Brought to you by, yet again, no Efren this week, so it's going to be me, John, and Steve. Efren is still tending to his newborn baby daughter, and so we're giving him the time he needs to do that. But I am hey, brought to you. Uh, thank here. you, Zero Star X, for the early in the show sub. But yes, I am bringing it to you this week with John and Steve, who are, I believe, here right now. Oh, and, okay, Camila is joining us as part of the baby show. Cammy. Top He's tier so already Get, from birth. Gets me right here. So beautiful. <laughs> But yes, there's a lot to talk about this week for sure. Um, we got E-League coming up. We've got a variety of tournaments that just passed. Um, and I mean, Evo is less hey, than a month a week at this point. Here. And thank you yet again to P.U. Zera for the sub. Thank you. So like always, I think we're going to jump straight into a CPT recap with Steve. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds like a plan of some sort. Uh, there's a whole lot that went down uh, this weekend. Over in Europe, we had Viennality, which is basically the big NRS uh, major in Europe. Uh, it was part of the Injustice 2 Pro Series this year, the only uh, offline event in Europe uh, on this circuit. And, oh, Canada. Uh, Biohazard, Hayate, and Honeybee sweeping the podium. One, two, three. Uh, Irish Mantis had the weight of the continent on him in fourth place but uh it was all about canada katana prime the lone u.s rep uh making top eight so congratulations to him uh if we could take a look at the standings for the pro series this is good news for biohazard he is the first player to clinch a spot in the injustice pro series grand final tweedy right there on his heels in second place. Uh, but yeah, top 12 make it. Biohazard already assured of being in that top 12. So congratulations to him. Let's take it over to Abigail Cup. This was part of both the Tekken World Tour and the Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, on the Tekken World Tour side, it was Nii who took it. Uh, he had to run the gauntlet of Japan. Uh, he entered the day and loser side, ended up having to beat Take. Nobi and Naroma all in a row to take the title. Uh, he ended up doing that, getting his fourth win of the season. Uh, and if we take a look at what that means for the standings, that means that Nii has clinched one of those top 19 spots in the uh, Tekken World Tour standings. So and when does the finals the happen? Uh, that is going to be in Amsterdam. But when? Oh, uh first weekend of december okay and he's already clinched it in early july that is amazing. yeah it's ridiculous this is this was actually the halfway point in terms of offline events so it's just ridiculous how dominant he has been uh like 500 points clear of jdcr the guy who would, everyone would assume would just w run away with this thing uh but knee is just on a whole nother level but like i said it was japan uh dominating there were no Korean players on winner's side uh, in top eight. So pretty strong weekend for Japan, even though they didn't get uh, the win at the end of the day. Uh, but Abigail Cup, like I said, was also part of the uh, Capcom Pro Tour. And that's good news for Gachi-kun because he got the win and 150 valuable points, uh, taking it in the hey, grand final over Xiao Hai, who gets his second consecutive uh, second place finish. Uh, you look at some of the names just outside of top eight, Gamer B, Haitani, Storm Kubo. 
killer after killer after killer at these events. So it's so hard to get, uh, you know, these these ranking events are just so tough to get points at, unlike last year. Um, and I know I've talked about that to death. So. Pretty impressive to see a Zangief in third place, though, at this point. I mean, he is one of the only geese left, and for him to beat Xi'an is, is really impressive for sure. Good weekend for him. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And thank you, uh, uh, before we move on to the next slide, to uh, Jerry for subbing. Thank you, Jerry. Also, if I sound weird, um, I've been sick for the last couple days. so um, He's dying, and he's still doing a recap for you guys. Just, it's just know that. It's because I care about the people, and yeah. I don't trust. Unlike Efren, who's not even that. trying. Come on. Yeah, man. he doesn't care about the people. All he cares about is his daughter, who is <laughs> yeah. a newborn and can't take care of herself because she's only seven days old. He <laughs> he actually asked that all the sub money go straight to just formula for the nut, which is like the most selfish thing I think you could ask yeah, for. Yeah, crazy. Oh, Crap. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. Forget all that. Let's talk about uh, Sonic Boom. Uh, this was the offline event in Europe this week on the CPT. And the name up top, a name we've seen in the standings, up in the mix, but never on top. Hurricane, congratulations to him getting his first ever uh, CPT win, taking it over Kobolkog in the grand final. Uh, you see John Takeuchi and Luffy uh, in the mix for top eight, but... Very, very, very strong performance for Hurricane. Good to see uh, more players in Europe uh, stepping up and showing that they can hang with the best of the best. Um, taking it stateside, there was also an online event. This was the second uh, West Coast online event for uh, CPT North America. And congratulations to Nephew. He took it over Toy. Uh, was, who made grand finals in both online events, but uh, lost to two different Colleen times. players. Yeah. So you had Nephew, you had Brent, uh, name we haven't seen in the mix for a little while. He, he got uh, top three. Uh, so congratulations to him. What does this all mean for the Pro Tour standings? Well, let's take a look. Uh, no player outside of Mena has officially qualified yet, although Fujimura is basically maybe a week or two away from doing that. Uh, you have right now, as we near the halfway point, uh, Chuan, Toy, Gamerby, Akainu, a couple other players right in that 150 to 160 range, which is the current cutoff now. Uh, you got to think it's 350. 360 is going to be the number to think about, although that could change. That could rise depending on if some of these top players uh, skip events towards the end of the season. Got to get seventh place at 350 different ranking events. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough thing to do, uh, but it's doable. I believe in you, John. Thanks. I don't believe in you. What? Nothing. Nothing okay. at all. Uh, outside of that, we had a couple more events in uh, the Red Bull Conquest series. Uh, we had one in New York. Uh, Street Fight on the Street Fighter side of things, Punk took it over his buddy slash rival Idom. Uh, Lost Soul taking it uh, in Guilty Gear and Fighting GM, a guy we haven't really seen uh, at Tekken World Tour events all that much, uh, but he, 
he's a very strong player. He took the Tekken tournament. So those three players will represent New York in uh, the Conquest finals. Got to think uh, that's one of the strongest Conquest teams. Yeah, just just on name value alone, that is just a ridiculously strong squad. Yeah. You know, not to hate on anybody else, but uh, you got a guy who you, you've got arguably one of the best anime players in the country. You've got one of the best Street Fighter players in the country. And Fighting GM, like I said, he's not a guy who's been on uh, this year's uh, Tekken World Tour too much, but strong, strong player. Sleep on him at your own peril. Uh, there was also a uh, qualifier out in Nashville, uh, and it was people from around the Nashville area, or not in the Nashville area, but pretty close by uh, who took it. You had Rob TV coming down from Ohio to take Street Fighter, uh, Bafo Jig coming down from Georgia, and Lil Majin, uh, the man who made a great run at CEO, uh, coming over from Memphis to take Tekken over Spiro Jim. So those three will be uh, your Nashville representatives. And then this weekend, we've got uh, Conquest events in Dallas and St. Paul, Minnesota. So, And I'll be commentating uh, the Dallas event. So if you want to watch that and hear my voice even more, you should do that. And I will actually, um, I couldn't get work off, but I will be uh, popping into the St. Paul event towards the end. So if you want to see me, why would you do that? But that option is there. You can Steve's meet very two, fun in person. two of the now three best of five members that talk on the show at Red Bull events this weekend. Yeah. So what are you doing, John? Uh, working. <laughs> what ebbs? Burning up in Arizona. So here's something interesting. We, we actually talked about the fact that Abigail Cup was going to be run on PC, but that didn't hey, end up I'm happening. Here. Yeah, actually, oh, thank you to Efren. Not even, no claps. Thanks, thanks, Efren, for subscribing to yourself. <laughs> I'll him. give you a thumbs up. Here, here. You know what? I'll, I'll give Camila uh, applause. She hasn't done anything to... to, to His name is Pepito Hawk? Yeah, Pepito Hawk. Great, cool. But yeah, so they ended up having to switch back to PS4, which I find slightly unfortunate. You know, when we did the South by Southwest Invitational, they ran on PC and it ran pretty effectively, but that's got to be like one of the only events at this point. They've really had issues, I think, with controllers. I, I, does anyone know exactly what happened? Uh, uh, hey, Ryan. I'm blocking here. Ryan Harvey. You guys stop giving us money so that we can, so we can talk? <laughs> Thank oh. you, mature adult. Thank you, mature adult. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here because obviously this is not the place for mature adults, but we thank you. Um, Fubarduck actually tweeted out uh, that when they started to uh, run the tournament, they had trouble with uh, getting multiple controllers to work. And they tried several different, uh, several different times, uh, several different laptops. Um, they were they were actually running on laptop instead of uh, PC uh, desktop PCs. I don't know how big of a factor that would be, but uh, the end result was hour and a half, two hours into the tournament, they decided to uh, run on PS4, which was un unfortunate for people who were hoping to run it on PC just hey, because they. Hey, I'm blocking here. Thank it's you, Beaver. Really it's really not funny anymore, guys. Stop. Stop <laughs> giving us money. 
Yeah, just give us thousands of bits too instead. I mean, something <laughs> like that, you know. Personal donations to my PayPal. Every day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It, it... So wait, it's 2018. We've been doing this for a couple years now, and and like I remember doing uh, Wednesday night fights, Street Fighter Four on PC when that was a thing because I think. Uh, Level Up had some kind of a deal with um, like Alienware or something. And yeah, that was the biggest issue was like updating drivers or trying to get a stick to, to read on a computer and things like that. But I figured we would have been past that at this point, uh, but but we're very clearly not, I guess, is a takeaway from this tournament. Yeah, I mean, it it's hard to, to, to know where to put the blame. I mean, there's several issues. It's like having the same hardware. It's whether or not the yeah. port is actually good, this, this, and that. Um, I think I think we'll be we'll be PS4 boys for the foreseeable future for Street Fighter Five for sure. Yeah, and, I, and this kind and of I mean, nails that down. There's just you know you you mentioned the ports. So so many of the games right now don't have great ports in terms of being able to run on uh, run tournament situations you know having controllers plug in and unplug and having to deal with a whole bunch of different controllers it 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 sucks because if we're able to run on pc that gives you a whole lot more flexibility in terms of uh the setup itself you, you know you don't have to switch a ps4 for a 360 or switch uh depending on the game you know if, if people really it's, like it's the good for the sake i mean Honestly, the biggest thing, and this is part of why Vaya pushed it, is it's really big for sponsorships. I mean, there's yeah. way more in the way of computer parts companies and stuff to market for PC accessories than there is for PS4s. Mm -hmm. And I, I really do think it's the future, so I hope we can figure it out at some point. But yeah, well, right well, now. The, money's, the money is like flowing in more and more, and they're talking about how esports is going to be a multi-billion dollar company by like, or uh, entity, I guess, by 2020. So like, if that's the case, then my fingers are crossed that all of the issues like this, like these little road bumps that come from just like not really have explored the space enough before we actually get and start employing all this stuff into actual events and tournaments, it'll be a thing of the past. Hopefully by like the next chapter, if you will, by like, you know, when Street Fighter 6 comes out and, and all that kind of stuff. But like right now we're really hitting these bumps still and it's like, ah, it sucks, but it's kind of expected just because there's not a ton of, of support it, it, it'll it'll be a thing of the past soon, I think. Yeah, I mean, if that piece comes together, then that opens the door. Because uh, really, who do we have for sponsors in general in, in terms of fighting game events? We have a couple monitor companies. We've got headsets. We've got chairs. But that's really mm -hmm. it. Um, we don't really have towers. We don't really have graphics cards. We don't really have sound cards. All And all of those, if we just... If for whatever reason the PC becomes uh, the console of choice, then all of a sudden that stuff is on the table, and that's uh, a possibility for events to attain uh, additional sponsorship and do more things without having to raise prices uh, for entrance fees and you know venue fees. I also right. think it makes it more accessible for players of other games, but I mean that's a long discussion. Yeah. Um, so. mo moving on, unless someone has something else to say, uh, CEO was announced for 2019 in Daytona Beach yet again. There was some drama about this last week that has been we, we talked hey, about how it was addressed. Uh, I saw there was a, there were several like Daytona newspapers that talked about this. 
Uh, it's been a pretty hot topic, even even in the weeks since CEO. And thank you Welcome to, to Racist Daytona. This <laughs> is oh big God. billboard thing, right? By the way, uh, it's all yes. back. Thank you. And uh, on that note, <laughs> uh, you know, like like he said last week, they signed a multi-year contract. So the idea of them suddenly breaking it off and going to another place is very tough. Uh, the other thing is, this is something I mentioned on Twitter, or, or excuse me, on Reddit, but I don't think I brought it up here. For events the size of a CEO, the, the size of a combo breaker, you know, the size of a final round, you know, there aren't really a ton of great options <laughs> in terms of venue. Because all of them are bigger than what a typical hotel can handle. Oh, yeah. And they're not quite big enough to be like an Evo where they can take up a whole convention center. So you've got all of these things. You know, now you have to find a venue that's sort of that in-between size. And there's not a ton that can fill that order. Like uh, when Combo Breaker went to St. Charles away from, uh, excuse me, from their old location, you know, it's farther out uh, from Chicago than Rosemont is, but if they move away from St. Charles, where else do they go in the Chicago mm -hmm. area? I can't really think of a place. So I, I, I feel like CEO's probably in that same boat. So, so like there, of course, was a lot of attention on this, and and it was floating around quite a bit on social media. People were talking about how they had these these unfortunate and crappy interactions with the people of Daytona around the venue and all that stuff. And I'm sure you guys kind of covered that extensively last week. But flash forward to next year, okay, it's gonna be at this place again. Um, do you, as a competitor? like entertain the idea of, of legitimately not going because of this? Or was it something it's like, well, I'll bring it up on social media. There will be this wave of talking about it, but ultimately it's not going to deter me from going. And like, I personally can't answer this. I'm fine going to it, but I don't feel like I'm the kind of person that's going to get harassed. So I, I wonder like, is this really going to hit numbers? Are people really going to not go because of this? Or is it really just something that's like unfortunate, but we can deal with it? Like, where does it fall on that spectrum? I think that their quick response has probably merited them. You know, next year, people will probably still continue to go. I think the big question is if the same issues appear in CEO 2019. And, and why wouldn't they? Like, what's that's, to ever I mean, stop that? Question. I mean, unless there's this huge cultural change in Daytona between now and then, which, like, probably not, right? So, like, yeah, you're probably going to expect this kind of stuff again. And does it mean that, like, you just stay in the venue and don't really venture out or... or I don't know. We we're stuck between a rock and a hard place kind of with this, yeah. depending on how severe it actually is, you know? Yeah. And there's just, there's going to be some people who aren't going to go because yeah. let's face it, yeah. the majority of people who are going to CEO, they're not going to be in the running for a, C a spot in uh, Capcom cup or Tekken world tour finals or what have right. So skipping an event is not going to be a a career ending move for 95% of people going. Mm -hmm. And the other part of that is you have so many people who, you know, who would fall under this, who, who let me, let me here, come back to me in a second. Cause I got to try and reword this, right? Sure. Sure. 
Mike, do that do that thing where you fill dead space for like a few seconds. All right. Well, um, I got I got nothing. Man. Yeah, I actually got something. Hi, this is Ooh. this is the stranger. hello voice of God. Hello. What do you have to say hello. about Daytona? No. So, from from what I gathered from social media, I think the bulk of the issue was outside of the venue, right? Because uh, the mm-hmm. hotel had its own stretch yeah. of beach. Uh, the hotel itself had its own like uh, food options. Good. Beach was good. Yeah. So I think the big issue was just people that were going out for stuff outside of the venue, outside of the tournament, like nightlife and, you know, sightseeing and all that well, stuff. And Uber rides to and from the airport. Exactly. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's going to come down to comfort, right? Like being uncomfortable somewhere is not ideal. As a matter of fact, I don't think ideal is even the right word. It's something that's not acceptable anymore. So... If it were me and I were I was uncomfortable in a specific place because of the population around it, I wouldn't go back. And and the point I was going to make that kind of ties into that is uh, the same reason why uh, you know when final round struggled, a lot of people stayed away was because there are so many other tournaments out there that people can choose to go to. You know, they have most people. Their time off from work is not infinite. You know, their ability to travel is not infinite. So they have to pick and choose which events to go to. And if you have five of, if you want to go to three or four events, you know, CEO might be on your, your must go list, but these types of things might push and might make you say, you know what, let me go to defend the North instead. Let me go to SCR instead, you know, cause I can still go to combo breaker. I can still go to Evo. I can still go, you know, there's so many tournaments out there that y- you have options. So but CEO e- even... being one of the, like the, the big names, like I put it right up there with like, you know, combo breaker and Evo, right. It's like, this is a lot of fun. So uh, I mean, it, it comes down to, I think if people are worried about their physical safety, that's gonna be that's gonna be like a reason to not to go to this. But if they're like, yeah, I can I can get around all of this, I can avoid those places, then I think that CEO won't really hit or get hit that big with like a, a drop in numbers. I'm hoping that, that's the case. And that's a good point because of the reputation that CEO has in terms of delivering a, a quality tournament experience to attendees. Uh, it's gonna be a hot people are gonna be more, more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, mm-hmm. if we had though reports of stuff like this happening at final round 2016 on top of an, a tournament experience that wasn't so good. Oh yeah. People, GG's. Yeah. Th- there would be no, there'd be very little reason for people who want to go outside of the Atlanta area to go there. You know, with CEO, everything about the tournament has been pretty well received except for this stuff that is out of Jabali's control. So how do you deal with that? I don't know. Well, addressing a comment in the chat, we're not really trying to tiptoe around it. It was definitely, we, we know the issue is aggressive racism. We talked about it last week. This was just kind of addressing that. We read several quotes, several things. Yes, we, we, we definitely know and have talked about what the issue was. Uh, as I said, the, the last thing I have to say is that multi-year to me probably means more than two. So if this happens again next year, um, then I think it's going to become a real problem. Mm-hmm. It already is a real problem, but then I think it's going to become like a, the CEO have to do something big problem. So we'll yeah. see. And that could be, that could be a long process. Uh, a couple uh, lightning, lightning round pieces of news. Uh, Skullgirls is getting a port on the switch. 
Very cool. We're seeing a lot of games go towards the Switch. We've seen DBZ get announced for it. Uh, God, what's that new game? Blade Strangers or whatever is coming yeah. out on it. And SNK Rumble Heroines is only too. coming out of it. Uh, what? Something else dropped? Pocket, Pocket Rumble. Rumble. Pocket uh, Rumble dropped. In a couple months late, but it finally made it. And people are having a lot of fun with it. Vaya just endorsed it big time on, uh, on Twitter, saying it was really fun and the netcode's really good and stuff. No, I think it's a fantastic got- console for fighting games. I mean, honestly, if it becomes like a console that can actually run these games properly, I think it's a really good system for it. Well, like people aren't aren't when you think about the switch, you're like, well, I can't really use my fight stick or got to do all this process of like modding a fight stick to be able to to have it on switch. And then there's a lot of people that aren't going to have the same thing. But like we're kind of passing the era of it ever needing to have a fight stick. Right. People are playing on pads left and right. And and, and like that's not really the standard anymore. So I think um, we've gone past that need for a fight stick. But have we gone past the need for a fight stick in people's like perceptions and minds? That's something that hold it back a little bit it would definitely yeah, will hold making... it back for a bit for sure but yeah, it, i think yeah. if it gets there the sticks will follow very quickly i mean it takes a stick company probably an extra you know nothing basically to make a switch version of it so i i, I yeah I if think, the demand is know, there we're, we're in a period uh that will last a couple years where you know before it was fighting games were catered to stick controls and then if you had pad you kind of had to adapt now we're getting to the point where Games are nece- are going to be coming out the box ready for pad control, and if you're a stick player, you have to be the one to adapt. You have to be the one to make sh- to to kind of get a stick that works. Oh, for you sure. Know, I mean, Dragon system. Ball works on stick, but it was clearly designed for pad. I mean, there's like right. four or five different things that you have to press two buttons at once. So, I mean, you need more Nate buttons, or you need to press buttons in weird directions. I mean, we're already getting to that point for sure. Um, also in Soul Calibur, Talum was announced. Talum hasn't been in the game, I believe, for a few iterations now. I remember she was in Soul Calibur 2, the last one that I really played. Uh, people seem pretty excited about that. The, uh, uh, this looked really good, in my opinion. Like, the visuals for this character, I mean, the game has looked good through and through throughout, but, like, I saw those and I was like, whoa, whoa, let me take an extra step and, and or an extra second and look at these because they looked so ridiculously HD and crisp and, uh, so another good spot for that game. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the waifu game coming out uh, on Switch, the KOF uh, oh, heroin yeah. game. The, Salim is waifu material. Can, do we have the trailer? Nope. I don't think we do, but no, we linked I it. Mean, we don't have it. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'll put the link. Someone in the can chat. link it in the chat. It's a good trailer. I watched. It. I've watched every. I don't even know if I'll play this game, but I've definitely watched all the trailers. It looks really cool. Uh, I hope it. I hope it does something. I mean, honestly, Tekken has given me hope that like games can make their comebacks because Tekken certainly did it. So mm-hmm. uh, another, uh, some more quick stuff. Evo Japan was officially announced to be February, a month back as to this year, and in a different city. It's in Fukuoka now, a much smaller area of Japan as compared to Tokyo. It's like the other side of Japan yes. too, isn't it? It's like all the way across Japan. Yeah, I yeah. think it's south. Um, Don't quote me on that. And maybe uh, uh, this kind of comes on the, uh, like, part one was the fact that Evo Japan was financially not all that successful. There was a lot in the, uh, they were in the red. Um, and, and Japan, of course, has its gambling laws. that it Had really a lot of issues, too, as far as being run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this change of venue, like, nothing's been said to this effect, but, like, speculation is maybe it's because it's like, going to be cheaper there or things will be a little bit easier financially there and such. But, um 
but yeah, like everyone's pulling for this event. Everyone wants to see this be successful and, and do well and, and kind of expand the e uh, the Evo, you know, kind of legacy and, and touch all the way out into the to the east and such. So um, fingers are crossed that things will go well. People were like, I don't know if we'll have another Evo Japan after that news came out that it didn't do so hot, even though at the very end of this year's Evo Japan, they said we will return. So it's good to see that it's actually going to happen now. And, uh, and we hope that it, it goes even better than last year, or I guess I should say this year. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is uh, with this, a couple things. One, you know, it, it gives them a better chance to go for it because most of their issues were venue costs. You know, the last-minute change, having to get a bigger venue. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to believe that getting a venue in Fukuoka is a little easier to do or uh within a budget than it is to get one in Tokyo. Uh, the other part is, you know, Tokyo's that major international city, but it's physically closer uh, to South Korea and to China uh, than Tokyo is. So we may see more, a few more international competitors make the journey out. And it's not like Fukuoka is, you know, middle of nowhere. It is a very it's a growing city. It's a very young city, very popular city. Uh, one of the fastest growing in Japan. Uh, it's just for a lot of people, you know, uh, especially people outside of Japan, it's not Tokyo. And for a lot of people, Tokyo is a bucket list destination. Like part of the reason to go to Evo Japan is to go to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So now, now is there I, a date in February yet? Uh, I believe it was the last weekend of February. Let me double check. Because Dark Requiem has an interesting thought in chat, which is that, I mean, maybe they'll put it on the CPT oh, if it's late February enough. 15th, February 15th through 17th. That seems a little me. early. I don't think yeah. it'll make the CPT at that date. We've been starting in March and not even the beginning of March. But they'd yeah. have and to really like stretch. right before it starts. Or yeah, right they'd have to really like stretch to get that on the CPT. But I don't, I don't. It's hard to say, right? Like, I think most top, top players travel to it anyway uh, because, you know, it's Evo Japan. But I do think not being on the CPT does lose you a handful of those other, you know, tertiary American, European names who aren't going to travel for that event. So. Well, and this event doesn't necessarily want huge numbers. Like, right, that could right. be a problem for it, right? That was the problem this last time is they had too many people because they can't charge you know, an entry fee or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, well, well let's not, let's not necessarily make it appealing to, to every last person on the planet because we can't really control or we can't really harbor that. Now, one, one thing I wanted to point out is that in the past, like CPT does start in March, uh, but in the past they have started uh, in can with the cans event uh, in France in February mm -hmm. before. So this would be earlier than that, but it's not, outside of the realm of possibility that they would start in February. Yeah, and isn't final round not happening anymore? Or, like, wasn't there, like, some turbulence Maybe, with final round? Maybe. Uh, uh, as of now, it is not. But um, we know in the past that uh, Shin Blanca has, has talked about not running final round after a lot of his events. So this there, there seems to be more truth to it this time than previous, but... I, I wouldn't say it's 100% sure that it's not happening. Mm. Yeah, because final round has usually been like the beginning of the CPT for the past yeah. two years. So 
So it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do with that. Um, we have uh, a few rumors uh, in the in the rumor mill, and there are usually many, but these seem to have gained a lot of traction for new seasons for both Street Fighter and Tekken. And I think you had info on that, Steve. Uh, yeah, let's start with uh, Tekken, because that has the more... Um, solid evidence behind it uh there were listings on japanese sites for a new version of tekken coming out uh early next year uh it would include a well quote-unquote welcome price uh which is sort of the japanese equivalent of the cheaper game of the year edition uh and there was also a listing for a season pass uh a second season pass. So it, it sounds like we are going to get another wave of characters for Tekken seven, which makes sense. So, and this has really just become like a completely standard model in the FGC at this point are these yearly seasons. I mean, DBZ is doing it now. Street fighters doing it. Tekken's going into it. And those are the three biggest games. Uh, it seems like other games may follow. So yeah, it sounds, I mean, at least, at least that part sounds like a no brainer to be honest. Yeah, my my concern is what's going to make up that season pass because I know a lot of people want more characters instead of the two we got this time around and that uh, Tekken Bowl mode, which some people really loved, some people don't give a damn about. It was cool, but it had like nothing to do with with Tekken, right? Yeah, it was small for for a season pass for sure. It it didn't really feel as much. Tekken had a lot more DLC characters there, right? Beyond just, uh, was it Geese and Noctis that were actually in the season pass for season one? There was like when the console version of the game came out, like the vampire Alyssa was one. I think there was Mm -hmm. one more. Maybe not. That's and it. she was just she was just like a pre-order kind of bonus. She wasn't yes. part of this, the, the DLC, right? Or I'm sorry, she wasn't part of the season pass thing. So um, interesting. It's like, it's kind of hard to, to get an idea. Like, do they want to add like three more characters based on like the amount of DLC they had? Or is it like a two characters in Tekken Bowl 2 or whatever they're going to do with they it? Have you know? a, like, they have a gold mine, man. I feel like they can, they can come out of the woodwork with a whole bunch. There's so many Tekken 6 and Tekken Tag 2 characters that are fan favorites and old school that mm-hmm. aren't in the game and wouldn't require a ton to put into the game. So I think, I think it'll be easy for them to fill it up if they want to. Yeah. Uh, there's also cure you, you know, they've shown that willingness to go well outside what you expect. So maybe some Yakuza DLC, uh, maybe another character from uh, uh, virtual fighter. You know, maybe an avatar character. Huh? Avatar? Yeah, that would be good, right? You know, Aang, Korra, let's go. That would be wild. That, that I'm the only person that's in favor of that, huh? The first thing I thought was the James Cameron movie, and I was like, why? That's silly. <laughs> they should put the James Cameron. If they announced, like, avatars in Tekken, it was the James Cameron blue people. Oh, that would be legendary. Or James would... Cameron himself. Oh. I would be salty as fuck. I'm not oh, gonna lie. Oh man, that would make me so happy. <laughs> oh. All right. So then well, then moving on, we also had some Street Fighter rumors. On the uh, yeah, and we actually have a graphic for this. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, because we're fancy. Uh, this was posted by uh, Das Bergeben, who has in the past 
leaked out a lot of information about uh, several fighting game titles, including Street Fighter, uh, including Injustice. Most of it has been correct. And Smash, uh, too, right? Didn't he do some Smash stuff? I believe so. I'm not 100% sure on I, that. I think, I, yeah, don't don't quote me, but I think the idea was he, he called out that uh, Ultimate would have, like, all these returning characters and Ripley and things like that. Um, and that was shortly before Ultimate dropped. So, like, that would have been one of the things that gave him as much credibility as he got for these leaks here on Street Fighter. Um, that's kind of where we're at, I think. So, yeah. that. So, um, what they posted this week was that there are plans for an eight-character lineup for Season 4 of Street Fighter Five. Uh, two of which would allegedly be free, does not uh, indicate which two they are. Uh, mm -hmm. But looking at the list, mostly returning characters, Sea uh, Viper, Makoto, Necro, Oro, Q, and Saddam, not Saddam, uh, because I am sick and therefore I am off my game. <laughs> uh, also said two new characters are coming, uh, Phantom, which would be Fang's Apprentice, and a second uh, character that they did not have any details on. Man, so, these characters that is the rumor. To me. A lot of characters I like in that list. So I hope it. I hope and it's no correct. Goken. No Goken. We're never going to get Goken. Don't worry. John. But people liked him. They just didn't like to play him. Did they? They thought Except he was really... cool. Everyone's like, Goken looks cool, and the screen shakes when he does stuff. And he, you know, yes, they did. Shut up. Next thing. <laughs> so. I mean, here's where I'm at. You know, I don't know how much stock to put in this, but if this is the direction they go, um, I would like it. You know, I think that they can make a lot of people happy with uh, returning characters. You know, how, how often are people still talking about wanting to get their hands on Sagat? I mean, I'm going to say so something that's going to sound really harsh, and I actually like Street Fighter Five a lot as a game. Um I would not be excited to see my favorite characters make it into the DLC if they look anything like Season 3. So I really hope they step it up because every single one of the four Season 3 DLC characters that has come out has looked garbage animation-wise. It's kind of crazy to me that they're making a Season 4. You're so, on the Cody looks like garbage train? Oh, yeah, very much so. Choo-choo! Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so, so something, though, about Q... Um, it's very early, but G, uh, who's the next DLC character to come out for season three. So he's on the horizon. The, uh, the speculation there is that he will be like an echo of Q, if you will. So, um, definitely not like a replacement or anything like that, but he's got like the, the single letter name. And then if you look at his, um, the, what was it? The alternate costume leak that came out like a, a while, a while back. He's got basically a Q callback costume where he's basically wearing Q's stuff. And so, like, I imagine a lot of his moves will echo those of Q and he'll have some that, like, either look like, you know, the things that Q would do, that kind of a thing. If that character is indeed like that, then I think that kind of lessens your chances to actually have the real Q coming later on. Um, doesn't eliminate it, but it's like, you know, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to draw too many conclusions there but that's my feeling on this and so I, i'm like once i saw that that g was kind of the echo of q i would my my, ex my expectations for q to come into the actual game went down a lot i i, I think that there's still the possibility that uh g could end up being one of the men in black 
who replaces J and K. Cute. That, that that didn't even deserve that sort of response. That was a terrible <laughs> joke, and the I apologize. <laughs> no, they're they're not. No one is laughing. No Mike's one laughing. is laughing. Mike can't keep a straight face. It's true. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, well, moving on past leaks. Um, man, we're really running through stuff today. Uh, E-League is Ooh. coming up. And E-League is probably one of the biggest events coming up. Um, we have the top eight bracket winners and losers decided for the finale. And I think we have a graphic for that. Yes, we do. We've got Tokido playing versus Punk in a rematch of the century. It's pretty funny because both of them have been having more trouble per se than they had been when they were on top at Evo, but they both managed to make it to this point in E-League. Punk fighting for his soul back. Now, Punk, who has not been, has been, I mean, nothing but a shadow of himself uh, in season two, dominated his E-League group and looked really, really good. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can, like, you know, defend the crown despite the change in his level of play since then. Because, I mean, I think everyone knows that Punk has it in him. But, you know, between splitting games and splitting characters, he's been trying to, you know, figure out what works for him. And I, and I honestly well, hope he finds it. Tokido has also been on his, like, worst streak since we can remember with, like, and then this is worst. He had, like, a 13th place and a 9th place finish in the last two majors Garbage, or something like yeah. that, and they were premieres, oh, so it's like, no. well, yeah, I know, but but he's not doing as well as, as he was, and, like, I, I think that there's, you know, something to be said there. Does that mean that if he comes out and destroys everyone at E-League, anyone will be surprised? No, but, you know, there's a little bit to the narrative there to, like, you know, Punk has a chance. And, and again, like, he did amazing in E-League uh, with, like, 17 different characters. It's like he used a different character every match. So it's like, did Punk kind of get his groove back, and, and will he be um, dominant at E-League? Well, that wouldn't be incredibly surprising considering recent results. All Keeps right. things interesting, is what I'm saying. Moving on That's... through the winner's bracket, we have Problem X versus Daigo. Um, and yet again, most of the, the winners of the brackets were pretty dominant. A lot of the, the people who made it through in Losers had to kind of fight their way back. Um, but most of these winners were pretty dominant throughout. Um, Problem X versus Daigo is pretty interesting. We've got Guile versus a combination of Abigail and Bison. I think it seems safe to say in my head he'd want to go with Bison, but who really knows? Uh, Bison actually does pretty well versus Guile in Street Fighter V, contrary to the past. So I definitely think that could go either way. You know what Problem X hates, though, in his matches is is playing against characters or players that force him to guess more often. And by that, I mean, like, is the is the player or character going to rip random DPs in the middle of weird places to, to throw them off balance? And who does that better than Daigo, right? So uh, I, I feel like... Uh, First of all, I feel like Problem X has been on a tear. He hasn't been winning premiere events, but he's been doing better than than in the past. He got top eight at um, Capcom Pro or uh, Capcom Cup last year, um, and he's been doing extremely well. He just took down a ranking event. Um, I think it was last weekend, and and um, he's been he's already been a top player for a long time, and he's been doing even better and like even better every single like month or so. So it's like 
he's on fire right now. And Daigo is, is kind of like a crapshoot as to whether or not he's going to bring out the beast or bring out like a, a limp noodle kind of a performance. And so it's like, it's it's a little bit of a toss up. So I don't even know how to how to kind of split this one. See, I, I, I think the one thing that Daigo has over anything is his preparation. You know, we talk about Daigo with prep time being sort of a meme, like yeah. Batman with prep time. And as good as Problem X has been, I, ha- I have trouble seeing him getting past a fully prepared Daigo uh, in that matchup. Now, he, he could make a run through the loser's week, bracket, but I, I just don't see Daigo losing here. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I mean, if you had to give me, if you had to ask me for the, are we doing predictions yet? I guess we'll go I think we later. should do predictions. Maybe we can go through this and then we can go back through and do each one since we already skipped All the right, first we'll one. All right, we'll go, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll go back through Okay, in losers, we have Dogger versus Momochi. This has got to be the wild card match yeah. so far. These two have both been on a sine wave of results in season three, you know, going up and down and up and down. Dogger has made top eight at Combo Breaker and bowed out pretty early at various other times. He's juggling Street Fighter V with being, you know, one of the top five or so Dragon Ball Z players. Um, and mm-hmm. Momochi has been, you know, streaming, playing Dragon Ball, playing different characters, trying Cody, who he was famous for at one point in Street Fighter IV. Um, this, I mean, this has got to be the hardest match to call. Yeah, we don't, I mean... We don't it's, even know what character that Momochi's going to play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and, and I think Cody has a lot of potential. I think the character is really good. Um, and and who's going to be very ready for him? So it's like, does he pull out Colleen, who's, whom he's been, or who's been practicing with for a long while and had that amazing run with at the end of, of his actual E-League performance? He did really bad in the group phase, and then when it went out into the actual bracket phase, he destroyed everybody. Um, is he going to try to carry that momentum into this next match with Dogra, or is he just going to pull out all the new Cody stuff? And it's like, is Dogra going to be having a good day? Or is he not? Because that's what we've seen from him as well. It's like, yeah, he's hot or cold. But especially since Dragon Ball kind of became a big thing, like, his attention's definitely been there. So a million variables going into this equation. Now, the other thing to point out is that these two played uh, in Rage, which is that uh, team tournament going on in Japan. Uh, and Momochi used Colin against, or Colleen against uh, Dogra and won you know, beat him, and his team actually swept Dogra's team, uh, 9-0. So, uh, obviously, that's one result out of many, but I think, yeah. you know, that was just a few days ago. So, I I don't, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Dogra does to reverse that result. The, these, I mean, like, fighting games are being patched so frequently, and, like, matchups are so, there's so many characters at this point. That we see the tug of war a lot nowadays, though. It's very rare that someone beats someone every time. Like, people, yeah. results go back and forth, and usually the loser has a lot more to learn than the winner. So, I mean, I, I struggle to see, like, in Street Fighter V specifically, I struggle to see that someone lost and, and want to say they're going to lose again. I, in fact, I often feel like they have an edge. So, yeah. it, it's really interesting, for sure. And then we've got one more match in the first set, which will be Smug. Uh, no, not the not the lone American. I was about to say something wrong. Uh, Smug versus Fujimura, who uh, is probably right now having the hottest streak of any of these players in top eight. So hot right now. So hot. Uh, but yeah. yes, Smug. Like, 
Go for it. <laughs> and Smug not making as nearly as large of a wave as, as the majority of these other players in, you know, the CPT standings, but did really, really solidly at E-League and has been really good in this invitational format, you know, like winning South by Southwest last year, doing well in E-League. Um, I, I do think this format does help the way he plays in these slightly longer sets and, you know, the prep time does play towards him. Uh, whereas Fujimura is definitely a bracket monster. So, I mean, that's something to take into account. It's tough to bet against Fujimura in almost any setting right now. Um, he could be enemy number one, too, because um, he could knock out both Americans yeah. uh, in the bracket. And so he's, could... he's superpower mode in loser's bracket, too. A lot of times he'll do okay, get thrown into losers, and then just turn it on and just tear through everyone. Um, uh, it's just not a good outlook for Smug right now. But how sick would an upset be? So if he beats Smug and then he beats Punk, you know, it are those fans going to be cheering for him or are they going to be cheering extra hard against him? Yeah. Maybe a couple will. I don't know. It's an interesting matchup. I mean, Ibuki and Balrog were considered two of the best characters in season two, both lost some and a lot in season three. Now, Ibuki is making a big comeback on tier list. You see her as high as four or five now, whereas people had her as low as 10 or 15 when the season started. So uh, this matchup has changed a lot. It's going to be interesting to see the season three version of a matchup we saw so many times in uh, in 2017. I'm yeah. excited for it. All right, so should we predict? Yeah, let's do it. So we got the uh, the Evo rematch, Tokido versus Punk. What do you guys think? I'm going Tokido. It's going to be really hard for Punk to find a way to win that one. I think Tokido's no. got in the bag. Well, then I'm going to be different, and I'm going to, no, I'm going to go with Tokido as well. I think Punk's been really hot, but I think that uh, it's it's like, yeah, you just you don't bet against Tokido. You lose that bet, and you go, well, I'm not mad that I lost that bet because that was the right bet to make. So uh, I'm going to say Tokido. I think well. the wild good player versus good player versus good player, hard to see what's going to happen round robin format favors Punk, but I think once we get into bracket, Tokido's, Tokido's got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, let's Probs take it versus, to that. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Let's take it to that other winner's side match, Daigo versus Problem X. Who you guys got? I want to say Problem X. Like, my heart wants to go Problem X because, you know, I, I really wasn't much of a fan of him. Like, maybe it's because he's, like, a European player and he's always <laughs> taking out American players and things like that. And, and uh, But he has really earned my respect as a player um, really this year. Like, he's just been too damn consistent to, to not have that acknowledgement. That said, though, everything you guys said about Batman Daigo and, and him having a chance to prepare and watch the tapes and the footage, it's like that's another one of those situations where it's uh, if this was randomly in a bracket at a random tournament and they just ran up against each other, it's like Problem X is a fighting chance. But Daigo ready for you and Daigo getting better all the time at this game in particular, it's like I can't I can't bet against him. So I still have to go begrudgingly Daigo. I mean... The other thing is, I'm, I I do think Daigo's going to win, but I wouldn't be completely shocked if Prime Mix won because he's the type of player that has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he has so many times uh, take felt disrespected because he's a European player, because he doesn't get a ton of matches against Asian players. He feels like not just his region is slept on, but he in particular is slept on. So... For if he's able to get this one, that would be a massive statement. 
And, you know, I'm, I I do think Daigo's going to win, but I would not put that outside the realm of possibility. Is, is this three out of five? Uh, yeah. You know? Okay, so it's like, yeah, Abigail, too. Like, that's a that's a real issue. If you he know? picks Abigail, um, he's going to lose. You I, think so? I, I, if he picks Abigail, he's going to lose. Abigail sucks, and he especially sucks versus Kyle. Um, but I think he's going to pick Bison, and I think he's going to win. I think Bison yeah, beats so Kyle. I think Bison beats Kyle, and I think that Problem X is really underrated in these scenarios. I think he's a very smart player, and I think given the time to, to play with that matchup, I think he's going to do it. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd give it like 6-4 Daigo, but so, I mean, 40% is still a pretty good a pretty good shot at it, you know, all things considered. So we'll see. But I guess I'm the lone person going with Problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's Dogra. take a look at uh, Dogra versus Momochi in the loser side. Uh, so many variables here. With the knowledge that Momochi just beat Dogra and how hard I think Dogra is focusing, it's hard to say. But at the same time, there's this X factor where I feel like when Dogra goes to a tournament and Dragon Ball and Street Fighter are there, he's focusing on Dragon Ball at this point. And I think that gets in the way. But knowing that he's flying out to E-League just to play Street Fighter, I think Dogger is a better player, so I'm going to pick him. Hmm. I'm leaning towards Momochi. You know, this could go either way, but I do think uh, Momochi's been playing well uh, as of late, uh, especially in Rage, and I just see that continuing here. I there There are so many... God, you're in different so variables stupid, in this man. that it's hard for me to make the call based on like any kind of, of solid evidence. I really can't, but I don't like Dogara's new haircut. How much do style. you hate Urian, John? I just want to hear it. How much what? How much do you hate playing versus Urian? Oh, I don't. I really enjoy you playing don't? against Urian. Like, there's a lot of crap. Like Getting hit by an Aegis that, that takes the round from you is still very crappy, but it's not as bad as it was because of the V-triggered you know, nerfs and things like that. Um, and the character, like, I, I have fun playing against Urians more than I don't. There's definitely points of salt, but I don't have a, an issue with Urian anymore. And I used to, I, I think season two as it started, Urian was the best character and it was dumb. Um, that all said, like, I don't like Dogra's new hair, so I'm going to go with Momochi. Uh, but I won't be surprised at all if it's Dogra that ends up taking it. Yeah, I think I'm just biased. I really hate playing versus Urian. But I don't <laughs> Dogra. All right, so do we want to do... Uh... And then Smug's going to lose. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that quick, huh? Well, I... okay, again, it would be really cool to see Smug take out the guy that may be the absolute best in the game right now. Um, but it, it's like Smug had a really good day on the day that he qualified for this top eight, right? And it was like, it was that was awesome. That was good. That was great. Is that momentum, which was like a month ago now, going to carry over into right now we haven't seen smug do a ton outside of this e-league performance so it's like right now smug had a good day that's like the most we can say for him in terms of like in the realm of these top players and then that was still finishing in the losers bracket right so it's like that comes up against fujimura who has a lot of good days and when he does he destroys like infiltration twice daigo shen everybody you know and everyone ever um, and it looks like they don't even know how to play Street Fighter. Uh, it's just like you can't put those two together and make any kind of like logical conclusion that Smug's going to win. It's all emotional. It's all like, well, that would be cool. But that's as much as I can give him right now. 
And these groups and were extremely unbalanced, in my opinion. And Fujimura yeah. was definitely in the hardest one. Um, this is a mismatch. Uh, I don't think Smug's incapable of winning, but mm-hmm. it'd be, you'd be yeah. hard-pressed to be able to bet on, uh, on Fujimura without odds. Yeah, it, 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 and it's not, for me, it's not like I think Smug is bad or no, Smug good. is, yeah, he's know. a very good player. But this is, my feeling on this is just Fujimura is arguably one of, if not the best players in the game right now. And it's tough for me to see anyone beating him right it's now. like you look at fujimura what does he have in his corner well like like you can get a little more intricate with it you know, like his his uh, maximization and his optimization of of every situation it's like oh he randomly landed a light kick from full screen away but uh, the hitbox interaction let it happen he's converting that into seven billion damage like every time Right. And then the Ibuki mix ups with his with her V trigger, too. Um, we've seen him go crazy with that and, and, and nail it from so many different places, like, you know, from regular block strings into it to anti air to to like he teleports under you or like, you know, dashes under you and activates and hits you from full screen and converts. It's like you have very specific things that people are, are routinely talking about to highlight how good Fujimura's play is right now. Specifics with Smug. It's like he's got Balrog and he plays, you know, solidly. And a lot of it is like very Street Fighter Five, um, you know, read-based stuff, which is great. But it's like when you can when you can delve into a player and pick him apart and understand like why he's doing so well, and you have that up against like yeah, he's he's a pretty good Balrog player. It's like yeah, it's just the, the playing field's not level. Yeah, I mean, if there's a Mount Rushmore of Street Fighter Five, undeniably Fujimura is on it um, at this yeah, point. Yeah, at least right now. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's infiltration, it's uh, Tokido, it's yeah. Knuckle Dew, and it's Fujimura. And I think if you look at results across all three seasons, it's undeniable. Uh, those would be the four. So no, no, no love for Meta. Meta's right there. I mean, I'm 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 as much of a Meta shill as anyone. But Meta doesn't have the season one or three results to to be on there. Whereas I think all of the other four players were dominant at one point in all three seasons. I I I, I think there's some that. Va- some value in winning the championship. Of but, course there is, yeah. Mena gets a little exhibit at the Mount Rushmore of Street Fighter, like little hall museum where you like, that's the other stuff they, they get to get your money and stuff, but you're really there to see like the big mountain off in the distance, but Mena gets like a little, you know, designated area of his own. If you want to pay extra and go into the museum part, that's what, that's or, what Mena gets. Or he could be his much bigger, he could be the much bigger monument a uh, couple hundred miles away. That was worth the other four. Well, either way, he won uh, several hundred thousand dollars. So, yes, and he's doing more with it than uh, most people do for their scenes. So, congratulations to him. All right, right. and so uh, I guess we'll do one more prediction, right? We should say who we think is going to win E League since we can't really go through any more matches. Uh All right, John, who's winning E League? Uh, so the the clear cut choice on uh, all things equal would probably be Fujimura right now, but he's starting in losers bracket. He's got a lot harder road than whoever wins in, in winners, and you got people like Tokido in winners, and Daigo in winners, and so that's hard. Um, I uh, am gonna go with a combination of who I think will probably win versus who I want to see win, and I'm gonna. St- stupidly probably say Daigo because he's in a good position. He's got a good first match uh, okay. and he's Daigo and yeah. All right, Steve. 
I think at the end of the day, uh, the person who's walking out of there with $150,000 is going to be Tokido. And I think he's going to take it uh, over Fujimura in the grand final. Fujimura gets the reset, but Tokido wins it uh, overall. Fujimura, if he gets a reset, when does he ever lose? Like the guy, the, when the guy is hot, he's untouchable. It's just like if you catch him at the wrong time. But if he's scoring a reset on you in grand finals, I think he's like 100% on wins there. Who you got, Elon? Uh, it's going to be a draw. It's going to be a draw? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to have to give two first it's place gonna prizes. going to go to PKs? Out. Yes. Penalty kicks. The goalie is going to be uh, that security guard from the first season. Oh, Peter? Is that no, his I, name? I, he has a name? For, for, uh, no, for oh, Wolf and Cabrera. Oh, God damn. I was hoping you were talking about Peter because if they add, if Peter was the second character that they were talking about, I, I would buy that. No questions asked. As long as, as long as they used that character intro video uh, no. that someone made for him with the, ooh, God damn. <laughs> All right. And then I, I'm going to go with, I think, I think the, the, the other two picks have been taken and I'm going to go with who I think is going to win, which is Fujimura. Um, I think that being in the loser's bracket is a real disadvantage, but I also think his path is very good through the loser's bracket. As we noted, Smug seems like a good match for him. Uh, I think he plays Punk if Punk loses to Tokido, which I think is going to happen, and I think that's going to be an easy match for him, um, at which point he plays either Dogara, Momochi, Daigo, or Problem X, and I see him winning all of those too. So the question just comes down to what he can do versus Tokido, and I think that's going to be win. So Fujimura for me. Is Efren still in the chat? Because I want to get his pick for, for the win as well so we can make fun of him when he loses finally because the guy Efren always pick picks the right person. Probably Punk. Yeah, he always goes American, huh? He does. He does. We're going to uh, assume Efren picks Punk. And the last thing on the topic of, and this is just pretty short, of, of Americans versus Japan, uh, Sonic Fox hosted his own summit of PAR uh, and invited over a bunch of the best. I think Hook Gang and Super Noon and then all the great New York players like the Kill Sage and Sonic Fox himself uh, are there training, trying to take it back. And I think that's fun. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We haven't seen a like true continental rivalry like this in a long time. So... Um, he took my crazy. same pick. What a loser! You can't pick my pick. But oh, yeah, he no, took it is Daigo. Cool. Yeah, he took Daigo. Uh, you can't, you can't hate on the idea that hey, we got our ass kicked by Japan. Let's uh, let's rally together. Let's iron sharpen iron and, and get ready for them next time. The whole Dragon Ball Fighters scene uh, story has been really good. We thought it was gonna just be this Goichi fest forever, right? Like he's gonna go on a, a rampage like Zero did in Smash Four and things like that. And it, and it really didn't play out that way. Goichi had this really good first start, but then he was finally dethroned by Fox recently, right? At Combo Breakers like a month ago. And then uh, and then Summit happened, and sure enough, it was a new winner with Hook Gang God coming out with the Piccolo tech. And then, uh, of course, CEO, we saw Kazunoko. So it's been like this revolving door of, of players winning. And not only that, it's, it's had like the Japanese and America spotlights going off. So uh, it, it's been a really exciting progression, right, with all these different players winning, both representing different countries and just, just they themselves taking it. So... I would like to see constant new blood because I think that keeps things interesting as well. I mean, there's, it's always fun to see, like, try to see the, 
the established king get dethroned and such. But um, it would be very nice to see the pendulum swing once back again to the American side of things. Or who knows, you know, maybe Leffen will come out of nowhere and, and take something for, for Europe and then add that into the mix. But again, it's like, well, I'm, I'm my, my butt's on the edge of the seat waiting to see what happens here. And so good good on you, DBFZ. Yeah, in I mean, order. As, as, the other thing is that as of late, we haven't really seen a whole lot of these gaming houses uh, come together, really. Um, we had the FG uh, TV stuff a while back, but mm-hmm. other than that, we haven't really had a bunch of top U.S. talent get together and say, you know what, we're going to grind it out for a week and get better. You know, there are always people doing that, but it w- it's always like, whoever's in the region. It's never like a collection of the top, top guys. Which is different from Japan. Uh, I mentioned this in February, but the local in Osaka is Goichi, Dagara, Fenrich, Koji KOG. Like, that is basically a collection of three or four of the best players in the world. And, um, yeah, this this is something the U.S. needs to combat Mm -hmm. that, which is terrifying. And uh, Tokyo has Kazunoko versus a bunch of great players there. So, I mean, the, the size difference of the U.S. is going to require some of this flying around to catch up, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, I think that's going to bring it into uh, what we usually end the show with, which is our question of the day and our block grab. Uh, I think we've got a question of the day lined up right now. And we asked all of you, well, you know what? Steven usually does this. So, Steve, do it. I guess I can do that. Um, if you haven't figured it out, Efren's still not here. Uh taking care of his newborn baby, his new daughter. Uh, congratulations once again. Uh, I, sound, I sounded so sarcastic when I said that. Yeah, I thought you were doing, you were going back to the bit of us I mean, I, I think it's time a for having a baby. Maybe I should. I don't know. Very selfish of him. Uh, so, you know, he, this is his first child, so we figured we'd ask the people. Because who else knows better than our fans about parenthood? Uh, so we asked, what parenting advice or tips can you give to the new father? Uh, some guys ace something. I said, uh, he said, don't dress her like T-Hawk for Halloween until she's at least six. And don't dress her like T-Hawk for any other day until the end of time. Uh, <laughs> That'd be a pretty I, cute Halloween costume, though. Teresa Hawk, that's good. Uh, Bloomtoon said, don't let her play anime. Which that's is, true. I think, good advice for anybody. Uh, Mystic uh, Spiral said, teach your baby about frames early on so that they can dominate the FGC before they turn 18. Sonic Fox needs the competition. Mom and dad won't have to work for as long. Be nice. Uh, Michael Martin said, invest in handheld gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, J. Sam F. said, real tip, always carry baby wipes. Always be ready for baby cross-ups. Congrats. Actually giving... We had some people give actual advice, so... That's silly. Yeah, I I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, A. Sebastian Jennings said, listen to your wife and agree with her vehemently during this time period. The dude must abide. Uh, And then let's close it off with Dave B., who said, quote, set reachable goals. Hmm. I mean, uh, Efren, known for uh, shaving his legs, I think that's going to be a really good, like, father-daughter, um, you know, connection, bonding moment when he gets to finally teach her how to shave her legs and such. So, Yeah, Efren will tell you, tell you, he will talk you off about his swimming career. 
in high school. So uh, yeah. ask him about that. Well, he did I... it more so because he wanted to shave his legs. Yeah, no, like, that, that, that's why it kind of it came about. He's like, oh, I guess I, I need an excuse because it wouldn't be like acceptable or whatever. So it's like, but but it was really based on like I really want to shave my legs and yeah. dress up, you know, at home and stuff. Uh, so yeah, this is different story. Going... For different yeah, this is going in a direction that I was not uh, expecting it to. <laughs> Uh-huh. All right, we got some time. Um, I'm going to do something really stupid. Uh, we don't have a great, we don't have like a full block grab fleshed out, but we have an idea. And so I'm going to roll with it and we're going to do a block grab. Block grab. All right, so with the rumor mill turning, we have heard that, you know, Tekken might have its DLC season two. And we have no real info past that on who these characters might be. Assuming. They are guest characters. We're going to do some block grabs and some guest characters, and I'm going to leave it to the chat to come up with some ideas. Oh, my um, gosh. Okay. For, this for, is dangerous. For some guest characters. Um, so that's actually going to I, – I didn't really think about the fact that we're not in real time right now. Um, so does anyone have one to start us off with? I mean, okay, we'll start with Kiryu. Kiryu. Ed from Ed Ed. <laughs> that was you, though. <laughs> Oh, uh, Double uh, D from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, God. Nah, let's not do that one. Uh, Kiryu. Let's go with Kiryu. <laughs> Moses. Are you blocking or grabbing? <laughs> I am grabbing for no other reason than to get everybody shutting up to shut up about uh, getting Kiryu in the game. Who's that? Uh, from uh, Yakuza. Oh, okay. Cool. So is that Tony a block or a grab? Oh, I, whatever. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Steve. I'll grab it. <laughs> I, I don't really see what's so interesting about Kiryu, to be honest. Um, but people seem to really want him. But I'm still going to block. Um, yeah. He doesn't they, really intrigue me that much. They've been all about guest characters in Tekken. And they've like they've been home runny, you know, with Geese, with Akuma, with... Uh, and Noctis isn't that great, I guess, as a, as a character. Like, like tier wise but people were still excited to see him right so uh what are we kind of like kratos kratos's son one punch man goku i don't know oh god this was the worst idea i've ever had for sure <laughs> i mean this has got to go down in the history books all Jack right i'm gonna go Jack with the wild one that i just saw what about link we had link in soul caliber many um, an eon ago what about link in tekken 7 I got a block, you know, just because the ex- I've I've talked about the experience I've had uh, with Link in Soul Calibur two a few times <laughs> on this game, and I ca- I I do not want to relive it, so I'm going to block. Mm, I I I'd grab Link Breath of the Wild. Like he's popular right now. He his like like the light blue tunic and such differentiates him from uh, all of the other Links for the most part, and and he's very. He's in the public eye, so I think that would be a good choice. The bombs are kind of cool. They're a little bit different looking, and, and they work well, I think, with fighting game stuff. I mean, he is in Smash, but he's also one of kind of the poster boys of Smash right now. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think that that would be a, a terrible call. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll grab it. This is a definite grab. You're dumb if you don't want Link in the game. This would be so <laughs> sick. Like People would buy Tekken like crazy to play as Link. That happened with Soul Calibur. I would gladly call myself dumb then. You definitely want Link in this game. I definitely I want Link in this game. So then right. Yoda. All right, so I got another one. 
And I saw this. I saw specifically Stone Cold Steve Austin. But God, with, oh my God. with, I mean, there's a Bullet Club shirt in the game. There's been a lot of connection between wrestlers and the FGC. I will open it up to a wrestler and then which wrestler you want in Tekken. Steve, go. Do you want oh, a wrestler? And if yeah. so, which wrestler? Oh, God, there are so many. Um, I would grab, if they got an actual New Japan wrestler to do this, um, I got to pick Kenny Omega. It, it, it's, I mean, there's so many good choices out there, but I, I don't know. Maybe Ishii, maybe Jeff Cobb. Goddamn, Jeff Cobb is freaking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm grabbing on that idea. You, you could have a lot of success with this, but does a wrestler... Yeah, a wrestler would absolutely fit in the Tekken universe, right? You could have moves and make him king-like or something. I don't know. Um, that's an interesting idea. That's a really interesting idea. like Because that's like one of the crossovers I don't think we've seen yet. And especially with the melding of like the FGC and, and like you know New Japan World Wrestling with CEO and things like that. Uh, that's a legitimate thing. Wrestlers are in fighting. Well, they're in video games, right? And, and, and yeah, you can do it. So I don't know who. Like, take your pick. Um, if you want to go like old school and do someone like Stone Cold or way back, and I don't, I, I guess Hulk Hogan's not really an option. I'm not sure if that's a thing or not, but he I might think that's be an a, option in Daytona Beach. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but you go. I think that's a really good move, and I think you get a lot of people doing it. So, uh, so I'll grab. Oh man, the more I think about this, the more this is a grab. Like they bring so back Marduk, and like Marduk is play, fighting some title match, and then it's versus some real wrestler. That would be insane. People go nuts. Like, this would probably be, like, the greatest decision anyone's ever made, and they should pay John me for Cena. it. John um, Cena. John Cena would be a good... I'm between a few picks. I've got John Cena, because I think it would be hilarious. I've got yeah, Billy Gunn, because Billy Gunn's my favorite wrestler of all time. The ass man? Said no one ever. Yeah, Billy Gunn, oh, wait, wait, ass wait, wait. man. Which version of Billy Gunn? Is it ass man Billy ass Gunn? Ass man or Billy or Gunn, like for DX? sure. Yeah, all right, yeah cool. Billy That's Gunn. Right. Um, I don't know you anymore. Stone Cold would be great too, but but Stone Cold's really not the pace of Tekken. Goldberg Stone Cold's like flipping was the champion when I was growing up. Like, what's it? Goldberg, or was that was his name, right? Dude, okay, how about this? Let me throw you a curveball. Kurt Angle, Steve, Kurt Angle. Kurt yeah, Angle would be Tekken. sick. Rey Puts Mysterio. There's so many good options. You have to get to the side of the stage in order to break it. All right, let and me. In an infinite stages, he's top tier, obviously. <laughs> All right, let me throw one from chat uh, that I saw earlier. Rikishi. <laughs> 2B. Billy Gunn's going to be in Tekken. I've already decided. No, Billy Gunn's, like, I, I appreciate the call, but, like, he's so obscure. Like, no, no one's going to John Billy Cena Gunn. would be godlike, though. They have to put John Cena in. <laughs> okay, so right. 2B. I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with Kurt Angle. All right, two. All right. Okay, well, so we're blocking and grabbing on 2B, the character from some Weeaboo game. I'm going to block. So I don't know who that move is. On. From uh, Nier? I don't know who that is. You don't know who 2B is? Nope. All right, do you remember the character from about a year ago? Everyone was obsessing over her ass because it was like a perfect ass. Yeah, 2B versus Billy Gunn. It works perfectly. Okay, oh, God. Why the hell are you so stuck on Billy Gunn? First of all, I'm not stuck on Billy Gunn. That's that's Mike. He's stuck on Billy Gunn. And I don't know what 2B is, you 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 weebs. 
All right, we are officially losing viewers. Um, <laughs> this show has gone way past portion. Um, thank you for watching Best of Five. Unless anyone else has anything to say, I think we have gotten to the point of no return. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, Efren will be back soon, but we're going to give him as long as he needs with his beautiful newborn daughter. Um, thank you to John Steve. Thank you to Alan. Thank you to all of you for watching. Love you, Missy. Bye. Yep.